Hi, it's Mike Crawford. Welcome to the Young Jerks Podcast. Tonight we're going to look at the cannabis corruption, the cannabis bribery indictment, the federal indictment against a mayor in Massachusetts who was taking uh, bribes, uh, pounds of cannabis as a bribe, as well as big money. We're going to get into that tonight and how Governor Charlie Baker and the Speaker of the House, Bob DeLeo, one is a Republican and one is a Democrat, they're responsible for this. They have set up the system that has created this. Uh, they're offering solutions that actually won't fix the problem and may actually increase the corruption, the local bribery. We're going to get into that, all about that. And we're also going to look at some of the reporting as well, which doesn't address what we're speaking about. And we hope they do. Uh, we are going to pray. We're going to offer some praise to some of the media for some of the past work. But on this, we're not happy, and we're going to express it all tonight on The Young Jerks. We'll be right back. Stick around. A lot to get to. Hi, it's Mike Crawford. Welcome back to The Young Jerks Podcast. All right, what we're talking about tonight is a bribery case against Fall River Mayor Jassiel Correa, who has uh, been brought up again on federal charges. This isn't his first uh, federal indictment, but it's the first time related to cannabis. It made uh, big local news and I believe national news. It was a huge story. Um, the Boston Globe has just put out a story after Fall River bribery indictment, Baker joins call to change, uh, to change the uh, local law. Um, and, and basically what we're looking at here, actually, I want to make sure I read that correctly. I'm going to go to that right now, actually, because I don't have it right in front of me. But here it is. After Fall River bribery indictment, Bike Baker joins calls to change local marijuana rules. Stories by Na- uh, Naomi Martin and Dan Adams. Uh, Dan Adams is uh, someone who I've had on my show a couple times. I consider him a friend now. I actually do like him. I think he does good work. But I'm going to give him some criticism on this story in the Boston Globe, some criticism. I have uh, supported some of their recent work about host community agreements. And uh, I'm just going to just discuss it and and just give my viewpoint on it. And what I hope to see uh, from the Globe in the future on coverage of this. Um, And I also want, you know, in other media too, because I'm looking at the other stories and they're very similar. And they're just going with uh, what the the governor has put out. And, And we're going to get into all of that. Um, what I really want to start with is where we started. Why, why did we get here? There's, there's a corruption problem in cannabis. We know this right now. And the Boston Globe has been covering um, what we're calling the host uh, community agreements, uh, the issues with the host community agreements, HCAs as for short. And uh, host community agreements uh, were only supposed to be at a certain percentage. The, the uh, applicants were only supposed to give the town a certain percent. However, a lot of time, times the town and city has asked for more than what was in the law. And the Cannabis Control Commission, unfortunately, except for one commissioner, except for Shalene Title, they have all decided not to review the host community agreements. So oftentimes what the city and towns have done is charge much more than the law required. And so what you have is almost a bidding war in cities and towns. It's become a big problem, especially for local, uh, smaller applicants. 
They're competing against big cannabis for limited real estate spots, uh, for limited licenses. There's no lottery, so it's uh, kind of a first-come, first-served basis. You know, you got to get your application in, and it's a long process. It costs a lot of money, and a lot of locals are being bankrupted trying to get into this business. They're leasing buildings. They're required to lease buildings before they can even get their license before they can open for years some of these folks have been now licensed leasing buildings that they don't have any hope of making money on Uh, this is what they're up against trying to get open and so there's been a lot of issues there and the boston globe recently has been really covering it well in the host community agreements about these issues and we've been pretty happy with that well what happened uh this last week is that the mayor of Fall River, as we mentioned, uh, got indicted on federal charges for bribery. And it's something that we predicted, the young jerks, and not just us, obviously, because when we predict something, you know where that comes from? It comes from our community. It comes from all the people that we're speaking to. It comes from all the people that are calling into our show and listening and giving us feedback on social media. That's where it come from, comes from. And the local community has basically predicted this. We've been predicting that there's going to be some bribery. There's going to be people in federal jail about this. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted the Cannabis Control Commission to enforce the the host community agreements, to enforce the law. And a lot of the state reps and the state legislators even agreed. And some of them, they actually wrote the cannabis law, which is interesting because we're going to get to that the next part of it. Uh, basically, everyone assumes, and it seems like most of the media coverage assumes, that the law as it exists today was voted in by voters, and we're the ones who wrote the law and passed the law. Well, there's some truth to that, but the real truth of that is we did pass a law, and almost immediately, House Speaker Bob DeLeo and Governor Charlie Baker changed that law. And they changed that laws in ways that have increased corruption. They have uh, made the problem much worse. They have made the issue with host community agreements uh, much worse. And I'm going to lay that out and why and how we can change it, hopefully. And what we need to be asking for as a community right now. We need to not forget this recent history because this is very important. Because Governor Baker and the Boston Globe are now offering a solution that sounds good, but it's not going to change the corruption issue. And it's also not going to help a lot of applicants and future applicants like my solution would help. And so we're going to get to that right now. Um, Before we get to the solution, we're going to have to explain what they did. And and that's the next part of this. We're going to we're going to get into what they actually did. And I'm not going to get into every detail of what they did because they did a lot. They they said it was a mild reform. Uh, Dave Rogers said that rep Dave Rogers from Cambridge said that as he was pushing it. He was a he was a proponent. He was on our side until he decided to uh, push the rewrite of the 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 uh, the Leo rewrite. Um, basically what they did is they, the, one of the biggest things, the thing that I want them to fix and change is how, uh, they allowed towns and cities, how they allowed towns and cities, a small minority within towns and cities to decide to ban cannabis in their towns. Um, and we're going to talk about that because what happened, like look at Peabody, for instance, Peabody voted 54%. Uh, against cannabis, 46% for cannabis. Uh, because they did that by law, 
that we passed, they would have been able to have a second ballot initiative within their town to decide if they wanted to ban dispensaries in their town. That was what we passed as a law when we voted it in. However, Baker and DeLeo changed that. And what they said is that the city and town doesn't have to have a vote. If they voted against cannabis in the ballot initiative, then they can just automatically opt out through the city councilor or the mayor or the selectman, putting the power in a small number of hands and not to have a revote. So the city of Peabody decided to do that. And against objections from cannabis advocates like myself and other local citizens and folks that were from Peabody, uh, against the objections of a city councilor named Joel Saslaw, they decided not to have another ballot initiative. And why? Because I feel like that vote would have flip-flopped. The second time around, if Peabody knew that marijuana and cannabis is now legal and that Salem is selling it and Salem is, is getting revenue on it, why wouldn't the city of Peabody want to get that revenue? And that's why they didn't have a second vote because they didn't want the people to change their minds. And what you saw is that Peabody basically has a ban on cannabis right now. There will be no cannabis shops in Peabody. And what does that do? That reduces the number of shops, that reduces the number of locations. And this is kind of the status quo right now in Massachusetts. There's a small number of cities and towns that will now allow cannabis sales. And, and locally, where I'm at, where Charlie Baker lives in Swampscott. Charlie Baker lives in Swampscott. I'm up in the North Shore, really close to him. There's only really two cities that are allowing this up here. It's, it's going to be Lynn and Salem. So if you're uh, Andrew Welling and you're with the Department of Justice, you're focusing on the North Shore, on Salem and Lynn, to see if there's corruption there. And if you're a corrupt uh, cannabis operator, you're focusing on Salem and Lynn, in terms of offering your bribes. And that's what's going on right now. And I'm not suggesting that uh, Kim Driscoll is taking bribes in Salem or that the city council in Lynn is taking bribes. But if there are bribes being taken on the North Shore, those are the logical places to look because they're the only places to look. So that's the situation. When you, you know, if, and and, and let's just put this to the layman. There's a lot of folks that I know who want to be in this industry and they don't want to be corrupt. They don't want to have to bribe a, a city council. They don't want to have to, whether it's done through a host community agreement, somewhat legally, or off the books, like uh, this mayor of Fall River was taking the money. Pe- most people don't want to be engaged in corruption. But it almost comes to a point where you have to, in, in some instances, Play the game of corruption or you have to just give up. And that's what's happened to a lot of people. Some people have given up and some people have had to play the game to a degree. And this happens because there's so few choices. So like if you're up on the North Shore and you want to open a dispensary, you basically have two choices. You have Salem or Lynn. And if one of them shoots you down, you know, it's all or nothing. And if there's only a certain amount of applicants that are going to be approved and there's a lot of applicants... This is what happens. And they've created this. You know, for the honest person, it wouldn't be a big deal for them if it wasn't, you know, if if Peabody and other cities and towns allowed it. You know, because there'd be more options. There'd be some cities and towns that weren't taking bribes. I guarantee you. And I'm not saying every city and town has taken bribes because a lot of them aren't. But the problem is there's too few of them. And so what you see 
is that certain cities and towns are going to be the hotbeds where all the money's at. And you can already see it in Boston and Cambridge, Somerville. There's a lot of money flying around. There's a lot of lobbying money, a lot of legal money that we see. So you can imagine. And this is what Governor Baker and Charlie, and Charlie, uh, Governor Charlie Baker and uh, his you know, sidekick, Speaker DeLeo, this is what they did. They changed the law. You know, basically, let's look at Amesbury, Mass. Amesbury, Mass passed legalization. They voted yes for it. It was a narrow margin. It was very similar to Peabody, except it was the opposite result. So it was, you know, in Peabody, it was basically a 50-50 split. If you look at it, it was 46 to 54. Pretty close. And, and Amesbury, I believe it was just the opposite. So both, you know, both of those are narrow wins, you know, you know, whether, you know, actually one was a loss if you look at legalization in Peabody. So the first election, Peabody decided not to uh, endorse cannabis, but it was a narrow victory against cannabis. All right. And Amesbury, it was just the opposite. It was a narrow victory for cannabis the first time. But of course, instead of doing what, what Peabody did and said, OK, it's settled now. We're going to open shops. No, 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 no. All the elected leaders decided that they needed a second referendum. And when the second referendum happened in Amesbury, cannabis got the biggest vote, a bigger vote than we could have ever expected. It won by so many more points than it won the first time. And that's what I suspect would have happened in Peabody and a lot of other places around the state. And I think that's where we're at right now. We need to ask the Governor Baker and Bob DeLeo to change the law back. You know, they're talking about changing the way they do host community agreements. They're talking about changing the way that they approve the cannabis applications. That sounds good. But the problem with that is they've already approved certain applicants. There are already people applying. There are already people in the process. And by making changes like this, that's going to slow up the whole process. That's going to and, and it's not going to be fair. Are they going to take the license away to the people who are already open? How, how could they make changes like that in the middle? Number one. And number two, it doesn't end the corruption. In fact, if they pass what they're talking about with the host community agreements, what the globe is pushing for now, it looks like it's going to increase the off the books corruption because right now big cannabis can come in and legally offer more money than the host through the host community agreement, all legally on the books to the city. They can basically give the city more money than they're required to by law, right? They can do that right now. But if you take that away and you only allow them to give what, every, you know, if everyone's given the same, every applicant's given the same to the city, right? And town, guess what? Big cannabis and some of these other shady operators that we're seeing or just people who really want a license and they have no other choice because there's no other cities and towns to apply to, they're going to end up giving a bunch of money off the books, just like this uh, mayor and, and Fall River did. They're going to give they're going to give uh, fifty thousand dollars in brown paper bags. They're going to give uh, thirty pounds a pot to uh, the mayor's side man. That's what they're going to do. And there's going to be more of this if that's all that has changed. So what we need to see change. This is it. We need them to go back to what the law was when we voted on it. What the law was intended at. If a city or town wants to ban cannabis, they have to have a vote. They have to put it to the election. They have to have the voters of their towns decide it right now. Because what they voted on in 2016 was whether ma marijuana, cannabis, would be legalized in Massachusetts. 
That was decided. It is legalized now. And what was decided is that after that, cities and towns that didn't want to have legal cannabis in their city or town could put it to a vote of their voters and have them decide it one final time if they wanted it in their city and town. Because I think a lot of people realize after it's been legalized in Massachusetts that if their town doesn't get in on the program, it's going to be sold next door. And they're not going to get any of the tax money to their city and town. So like Salem has ATG. It's it's literally like I would say 500 to 1,000 feet or whatever. It's a really short walk to Peabody Square. It's, it's, it's closer to Peabody Square than it is to downtown Salem. It's in Peabody Square, but it's in Salem. So think about that. I mean, and, and who's getting all the money? The city of Salem. So that's why I think a second vote, Peabody would definitely vote for legalization. They would, but... The city leaders didn't want that to happen, and they didn't have to have it to happen because Bob DeLeo and Governor Baker changed the law. So we need to change it back, and we need to ask Governor Baker and Bob DeLeo if they care about reducing corruption, because if they do, this is a way, and this would help everyone. Imagine tomorrow if all of a sudden Peabody and every other city in town is legal unless they put it to a vote. They, they, the only way they can not the only way they could stop legalization in their city and town would be is if they put it to a vote and the voters decided they don't want it in their city and town. Otherwise, they would have to start doing zoning and licensing. And imagine that. Imagine that for all the applicants. All of a sudden you have the other, I don't know, half. It's probably even more than that. How much of the state is actually zoned for legal cannabis right now? It doesn't seem like a whole lot. So I'm guessing you you would get a, a, a 50% new real estate spots that you could open in. That would open it up for everyone. And that's what we need. We need to change the law back to what we voted on. And we need to make sure the media tells that story. Because so far, not one of these, not one of these media, they're, they're quoting the governor like he's a hero. He's going to change the host community agreements. We're, the governor created this problem. The governor changed the law. The governor took away half the spots, half the towns, half the cities from opening cannabis shops. That immediately created a lot more corruption. So I'm calling it out today. Boston Globe, you need to do better. Boston Herald, you need to do better. Mass Live, you need to do better. All of you need to do better. Tell the truth. Bob DeLeo, Governor Baker, they changed the law. They created the situation. Tell the truth. We're watching. We're counting on you. We need you to tell the truth. Every day, Verilife's here to help you live a higher quality of life. The massive product selection at their Wareham dispensary features superior quality flour, vapes, edibles, and more, all derived from locally sourced growers. Experience unparalleled customer service from experts whose knowledge will help you become smarter about your options. Located 10 minutes from the Bourne Bridge, make Verilife Wareham your last stop on the way to the Cape. Reserve an order through Leafly, and you'll be on your way in no time. Open seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. The good vibes start at Verilife.